0: Hi, I'm Mike.
1: And I'm Holly.
0: And we're a married couple living in small town, Iowa. If this is your first time listening, the name of this podcast, Inside the Cup, comes from Matthew 23, 26, where Jesus explains that if we want our behavior and actions to be good and right, we must first clean the inside of the cup or change what's inside of us.
1: So how in the world can we change what's inside of us? Come join us as we approach this deep question in a down-to-earth conversation about how we can actually change for the good. Welcome back to Inside the Cup Podcasts. This week, we will finish our discussion on the heart by talking about spiritual maturity. So what is spiritual maturity, Mike?
0: You hear the phrase spiritual maturity, what comes to mind? I mean, who would you think of if you're thinking somebody you know in your life that you would say is spiritually mature?
1: I usually think of gray-haired, older, been a Christian forever.
0: Yeah, somebody who's been maybe a Christian for a really long time or somebody who's been really involved in the church, like uh, an elder at your church. Or
1: a deacon or uh, somebody that... ...serves or leads groups or...
0: Maybe somebody who knows their Bible really well, uh, somebody that can pray really well.
1: Yeah, that would be probably your first thought of somebody that's spiritually mature.
0: So if we're talking about spiritually mature, it's a matter of spirit. And we've been talking about this with the heart. So the heart is actually the same thing as spirit, which is the same thing as will. So if we're talking somebody who is spiritually mature... They would be mature in terms of their heart, in terms of their will.
1: And as we discussed, the will is our ability to make a choice or a decision. And that very practically comes down to what ideas we choose to think about or not think about.
0: Yeah, so that's the human will. And if we think about the original design, God designed the human will, the human spirit, to be in a state of reliance upon him. The human spirit or human will is meant to be relying on God's will, God's spirit.
1: But then there was a fall. Humans turned their will and spirit away from God into a state of self-will.
0: Willing what we want, uh, choosing what we want, as opposed to uh, having our will surrendered or submitted to God, doing what he wants.
1: Dallas Willard talked about this in terms of kingdom, that we all have our own Kingdom or queendom or our domain where we have authority or say over things. It's
0: a helpful way to look at this, that we each one of us has a sphere of influence, things that are under our say or our authority. We're in control of that part. That's our kingdom or queendom is the things that, you know, we say something and it gets done. That's part of our kingdom or queendom. We have authority there.
1: Like our kids, and I tell them to brush their teeth. I am the queen right
0: there. <laughs> that is within your queendom, is they need to brush their, their teeth. teeth. right now. <laughs> so that's an easy way to think about it. But now, what we're doing when we talk about uh, spiritual maturity, a person who is spiritually mature, means that they have surrendered or turned their will back to God, back to this original state that we were meant to be in. So, if you're a spiritually mature person, it means you've surrendered your will to God. You've surrendered your spirit to God.
1: Yeah, I mean, you always hear you should surrender your will, but why is that even necessary?
0: Yeah, why is that such a thing, right? I mean, it's, it's a big deal uh, in Christianity is to have your will surrendered to God's will. So, why? Why is that such a big issue? You mentioned after the fall, we're in this state of self-will, the fallen will, where our will is turned back on our own interests now. We do what we want, we pursue our own desires, and we do it in our own natural human capabilities. So we basically live our life on our own, pursuing our interest without God. That's the state that, I mean, that's what it means in the fallen state of humanity. And the Bible refers to that as being in the flesh, when we're relying on our own abilities, living apart from God, that's living life in terms of the flesh. And Paul says in Romans 8, living your life like that leads to death, where conversely, living your life in terms of the Spirit, God's Spirit, leads to life and peace.
1: So, we are to take our kingdom, our will, or what we want, and what we have say or authority of over and submit that, then, to God and His kingdom.
0: Why that's necessary is because the spirit or the will is a profound thing. That's a part of us that is like God. God is spirit, and God has given a human spirit to us, a part of us that's like Him, and that's a big deal. God respects that, and He doesn't override our will. He doesn't override our spirit.
1: So if we choose self-will... And to live life my way, getting what I want, when I want it, God will let us do that.
0: So that's the problem now. I mean, you ask, why is it necessary to submit our will to God? If the goal is to change, to become a good or a loving person, to clean the inside of the cup, to undergo character transformation, we've hinted at this earlier, we can't do that on our own. So, we actually need God's help, we need God's grace in order to transform or change like that into a good person. But now, if our will remains turned away from God towards self-will, what we want, the Holy Spirit doesn't have the space to come in and guide us and direct us along the path towards that good life and transformation.
1: Because God doesn't do that. He doesn't override our will. So, if it's not surrendered, we won't change.
0: He woos us. (laughs) God woos us. And there's a moment where we do see that, and we do surrender our will. So, what happens there now is the moment we surrender our will to God, which we can't actually even do in our own strength either, that's a matter of grace. For us to actually submit our will to God, we need God's grace in order to do that. But it starts with us making that resolute decision. I decide to submit my will to God. Now, the Holy Spirit can come in and bring a new strength and power and direction to our surrendered human will to guide us in this path of transformation for the good.
1: And it's a continuing process. It's not all of a sudden, we're just completely surrendered.
0: You almost don't even know what you're getting yourself into at that moment when you do agree that, okay, I'm submitting my will to God. And that will be something that grows and deepens over a lifetime. When you initially make that decision, it's one thing, 20 years later into your walk of discipleship, the reality of your will being surrendered to God will be much more profound than when you started out. This is spiritual maturity. To put it clearly, the degree I have my will surrendered to God's will is the degree to which I am a spiritually mature person.
1: So I might have thought originally someone that's spiritually mature, thinking, you know, it's the great-haired person that's been a Christian forever, or it's the elder deacon, or the leader that's involved in your church that's the spiritually mature person, but those people can still be spiritually immature
0: Despite being in those positions of leadership, yeah. I mean, so the way that we're describing spiritual maturity here, it's the degree you have your will submitted to God. Now, that would obviously be the ideal, is that people in high-up places or places of leadership and influence would have their will submitted to God. But it's possible that you could be in those positions of leadership and others would look to you like you're a spiritually mature person and still actually be spiritually immature.
1: That step cannot be skipped of surrendering your will to God.
0: It can't be skipped. It's the preliminary step in character transformation or character growth. And now the real problem with that is that individual, if their will or their spirit is not submitted to God, if that step has been skipped, your spiritual growth will be stunted at that step you won't be able to move on to further steps in spiritual growth and maturity if this issue of spiritual maturity has not been addressed.
1: So it's good to know what the will is. Yeah. That's our ability <laughs> to choose and choose what we're thinking about. Well,
0: well, you know, you joked about that before. That's why we're nerding out so much for you know several weeks on the will. Is This is absolutely essential to get this because you can't move on to the next steps in growth in the spiritual life, skipping this step of submitting your will to God.
1: Yeah, and sometimes I think that can be so frustrating of like, why am I not becoming a more spiritually mature person?
0: Why am I not growing? Why am I not progressing? There may be a good chance that it has to do with this issue we're talking about right here.
1: We are being lighthearted about the person that is spiritually mature is the person that is serving in the church or a leader or the person that has gray hair and has been a Christian for forever. But another way of thinking of someone that's spiritually mature is someone that has the fruit of the spirit, someone that can remain self-controlled when being attacked or criticized
0: Yeah, they're displaying that character. They're displaying the fruit of the Spirit. And that individual is spiritually mature. If that person is full of the fruit of the Spirit, remember the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And the way that you get that is by surrendering your will. So, that person who is displaying the fruit of the Spirit and able to stay composed when they're being attacked got to that point in their journey by submitting their will at some point. There's not the possibility of skipping submitting your will and being full of the fruit of the Spirit.
1: You have to submit your will to have inner character transformation. Okay, well, let's jump into it. So, how do you surrender your will to God?
0: What does that mean, practically? Let's try to keep this really practical, because we're taking this, you know, pretty weighty theological concept, uh, but it's, it's it's so essential. We've We've got to understand what this means. So, if the will means our ability to choose or make a decision, then if my will is submitted to God, I am choosing what God wants. And if we whittle that down even finer, the will means what I'm choosing to think about. So, that means I'm choosing to think about What God wants me to think about. That is my will being submitted to God in concrete terms. You can choose to think about what you want.
1: Thinking about everything that has to do with me.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Getting a a bigger, better house, car, life, whatever, you name it. uh, Chasing uh, kind of uh, the desires of the flesh Um, your thoughts can go in that direction for all these things that you want, all these things that you would choose uh, if it was just all about you, basically. Or there's an alternative now to choosing to think about what God would have us think about.
1: That's kind of the library you get to choose from of your thoughts.
0: When you go to make a decision, in the moment of decision, you have to work with the ideas that are already in your mind. And you have to work with the feelings or the desires that are already in your mind. So a big part of this, if we're going to be in control of our decisions like this, is to do some idea work ahead of time, storing up new good thoughts and ideas in our mind. So when we're stuck in the moment of decision making, we've got those ideas available to us to choose from.
1: And that makes total sense. So if someone has wronged you or upset you by something, you have what your thoughts are that are already in your mind to work with.
0: Yeah, that's what you've got in the heat of the moment. And you can't just choose right there. So that's a good example. You're in an upsetting situation. The emotions are up or whatever. And you might say, I want to choose different thoughts. That's not the time to do it. At that time that you're making a decision, whatever ideas are in your mind already are the ideas you have to choose from.
1: A practical part of surrendering our will to God is how you're spending your time. you're spending your time memorizing scripture in the word, practicing spiritual disciplines versus passively in front of a TV or your screen or on a video game or in front of pornography, those are the thoughts in comparison that you have to work with.
0: Yeah, those are the ideas that are available to you when it comes time to make a decision. So, that's a great point. I mean, why do you do these spiritual disciplines like scripture memorization? Uh, It's not because God just has this thing about, you know, Christians reading the Bible, so that's why we need to read the Bible. The reason why it would be a good thing for you to memorize scripture or to read your Bible regularly is that's the written Word of God. Those are the best ideas on the most important issues in life that we have available to us. So we take something like an intentional spiritual discipline, sitting down, memorizing a passage of scripture, you take that Word of God, that living substance into your mind, using your will, using your surrendered will now, you're choosing to sit down, set your mind, and concentrate on these thoughts, You're bringing this into your being, into your body, and now you bump into that difficult interaction with somebody that's upsetting you, and you have those ideas available to you now in your mind to choose from.
1: That's what Jesus did. If if Jesus thought it was a good idea, I mean, I think when Jesus was being tempted by Satan, he recited scripture.
0: Yeah, it came out of him, naturally. That just
1: naturally came out of him. These were the ideas that were in Jesus' mind.
0: If Jesus spent his whole week playing video games, those would be the ideas available to him when Satan came to tempt him. But it shows you when Satan was tempting him and scripture came out, he had spent intentional time taking that into his mind with his surrendered will to the Father.
1: We're not perfect at this. This is a continuing process. You can notice things that used to be kind of hard to surrender a year or 10 years ago that is no longer hard to surrender. It just comes natural or
0: That's a good thing to bring up. This is a continuum, and we're all on different parts of the journey. so this isn't something like you know, acting like you're spiritually more advanced or anything. The, the idea here is to understand the concept that we have a will. That our will has been turned away from God, and God's Holy Spirit cannot help guide our will into the path of the good life unless we return our will back to its original design in reliance on Him. It's essential that we understand this concept and put it into practice in our life. So, me, I need to spend my days and my time learning how to submit what. I would choose to think about for my own self-interest or self-will in favor of what God wants me to think about, and that will change me. That'll be the same journey for you and for everybody else, and we're all at different parts on this journey, but you take the next step forward from where you are. We have to start here talking about the will, surrendering our will, and changing our thoughts or our ideas, or we can't move on to the next step, which will be come to terms with our desires. And we'll talk about that more next week.
1: Thanks for joining us at Inside the Cup Podcast.
0: Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive new episodes automatically. Check out our website at insidethecup.com and follow our social media pages on Twitter at Inside the Cup Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Inside the Cup Podcast.